Mansfield 103.2, the home of great music. A very good evening to you. I'm Tony Delahunty, and this is Legal Eagles. Every fortnight, the best legal brains in the area join us here at Mansfield 103.2 to discuss a range of legal matters. Tonight, it's the turn of Hopkins solicitors in the chair, and I'm delighted to welcome back family law specialist David Wynette to the studio as we talk about keeping the peace between families down on the road of breakups. Well, David Wynette in the studio, uh, a man who was a bit, bit of a mediator, a bit of a settler to try and sort things out, be nice. All uh, you, man has to be nice when things are things are wrong. But basically, you're you're a. a, a your area is family law, isn't it? It is. So it's separating couples and our parents. Well, unfortunately, I, I don't extend to those services. So. Um, what I do, and serious point, isn't suited to couples where there's extreme violence, nor is it suited to people who are readily able to settle everything themselves. But w- what I do, getting people to collaborate, is aimed at most of those couples out there that when they separate are confused, a bit lost, but they know they need some professional help. There's some legal work to be done. They just don't want it to be World War Three. Um, all this is very topical. Some of your listeners may have seen the Guardian article last week that said that close on a third of people who are involved in a nasty court case end up with a mental health problem. Staggering wow. statistic. The other topical element is the Brexit negotiations. And what that highlights is that even after the so-called divorce, you are probably going to be in a continued relationship, whether it's the UK and our neighbours or the husband and his wife because they've got children or a business to run or a house to sell. So what you can't do is annoy beyond the point of no return the person with whom you're going to have an ongoing relationship. So you can't have the process of separating be too bruising because otherwise what follows will just be a mess. So yeah, it, I think this is a very direct relevance to couples out there. You have an afterlife after divorce, so don't let the process of reaching the afterlife be too damaging explain to me collaborative law i mean as far as divorce is concerned as far as split up matrimonial or whether it's just uh, the parties live together what's collaborative law exactly well you make an interesting point about parties living together also in the news recently was a reminder that there isn't any such thing as a common law wife or husband so if you're in that situation i think it might affect you get in touch with a lawyer because you don't have the same rights as a married couple Collaborative law, I think, is a great way of working for most couples because you have your lawyer alongside you, you spend maybe three to five sessions over time controlling things at your pace, sharing information and working on problems together. So you get better solutions because you've got the decision makers in the same room. Imagine a court, that's a stranger who's read your file briefly. You're not going to get a great outcome in that scenario, even if the judge is brilliant. And also, it's less bruising than going to court, which almost compels you to be aggressive and intrusive. So when you come to phase two, the new life, there's not that much resentment there. I'm not promising happiness, this isn't a magic wand, but you do get people considerably less damage when they've collaborated compared to people who've been to court and litigated everything. Now, for collaboration, do you need solicitors for both sides? Collaborative law, yes, it's four people in a room. There's a subtly different process called mediation with a neutral professional. A mediator doesn't act for husband or wife, but can help facilitate dialogue. Again, the theory is they've got the best answer for their family. So the mediator is trying to get a conversation going and there have to be ground rules for mediation. Um, 
Firstly, a reminder, this isn't court. The mediator's not going to decide for them, nor is he going to take sides. So if one person says, I'll just tell you, mediator, but not my husband, that isn't on. All information is shared, but that's good. It encourages them to watch their P's and Q's and only say constructive things. Also, the sessions have to be run in a physically suitable way. We can't have people interrupting. We can't have people with dodgy body language stamping their feet and looking out the window. So you have to be a bit of a school teacher when the sessions start by saying, look, we have to behave respectfully and give one another space. It's the only way it's going to work. And it is difficult. But I would suggest it's a hell of a lot easier than a bruising court battle. You're a mediator, aren't you? I did mediation training a few years ago, and it's a... It's challenging because sometimes the sessions can career out of control and go in directions you don't expect. But I do believe in its superiority and the superiority of collaborative law to fighting out in court. Anything better than going to court. But I mean, the bottom line, David, is you are a solicitor. It's a costly experience going to solicitor. Uh, I often argue the same point week by week. Yeah, but you can often save more money by doing it properly in the first place and yeah. getting the right sort of legal advice. But when you were trained to me, what sort of things were you trained in? Communication? Yes, um, you understand techniques for reflecting, listening, centering people, bringing them back to what's important. Because as a professional... You will have a very objective idea of, of what's important because you understand processes and because you haven't got the emotions raging in this couple, you can better understand costs against benefits. So what you have to do is kind of refocus people on that, that actually having an argument about X, where it's really significant to you, well, really, is it worth spending your money on that? The other important thing, so far as is possible, say to your couple, look, there's things I can't help you with. If you need counselling please go and get it. It'll help your negotiations run more smoothly. A very useful phrase that I sometimes say in meetings is, what got you here won't get you over there. Meaning, if you can let go of the past and those things that are niggling you, it'll often mean you've got better communication and just a whole better life in future. I think it was revenge was once described by Winston Churchill as holding on to a hot coal to throw at somebody that you never release. And it's that kind of thinking we want to bring forward that actually if you're angry at someone you're hurting yourself more than the other person right i think we should test you i think we should test you and see if you can mediate i found myself a wife <laughs> well i have a real one she's at home um, i've an unreal one which is tammy butler who actually uh, worked for hopkins solicitors she's about to get a grammy award now for for being my wife uh, and we're going to unfortunately she's only just accepted the proposal it's been a very quick marriage you understand David mm. uh, but she's decided after a number of years and a couple of kids um, that she's had enough and frankly I've had enough of her as well no you're never around and I, I know and uh, you're getting rounder uh, <laughs> I didn't mean that I didn't mean that uh, we'll find out more don't go away right after these Legal Eagles on Mansfield 103.2 with Hopkins Solicitors. See us online at hopkins-solicitors.co.uk or call 468-468. You're listening to Legal Eagles and uh, if you were listening just before, you should have been, you'd have heard that uh, Tammy and me were were married. Uh, It's not gone right. We've had a couple of kids, etc. And we've gone in to see... A solicitor who is a mediator, it's David Wynette of Hopkins Solicitors. He 
has explained, as he did to us before the break, what mediation is. So we've got to the stage now where we've just rather sheepishly knocked on his door, having been shown up to his room, and he's going to greet us. So thank you for bearing with me, Tony and Sammy, whilst I went through that. Um, Tony, I'm going to come to Tammy first with a few questions, simply because she's ahead of you in the alphabet and I have to decide somehow. So, Tammy, could I first ask, what made you decide on mediation as a way of sorting out your problems? Well, I think all that happens recently is when he has been home, all we do is we argue. We argue, we argue, argue about the exact same things over and over again. We never seem to come to any conclusions. I, I see it my way, he sees it his, and I, I can tell he's not going to budge and he's not going to come to my side and, and do things the way that I want to do them. And I, For the children's sake, I don't want to make this too messy. I want to be able to be friends afterwards, uh, to the point where the children don't feel uncomfortable. Uh, like they're being pulled in either direction. So I'm here in hopes that maybe you can help us find a middle ground. Okay, well, thank you for that insight, Tammy. You've actually um, gone a little further than I expected, which I'm grateful for. Um, Tony, I'm going to ask Tammy a follow-up question. And I was interested in your choice of this as a process. Why did you choose mediation as opposed to, say, going to court or trying to resolve it yourselves? Oh, it's so expensive. I don't have the money. He has everything. I don't have anything at all. Uh, so I can't afford my own solicitor so I, I thought this might be best if we just shared the costs this way um, and again to be honest I, I don't want to see the children go through any more harm than they already have between us bickering and, and I can only imagine that court just sounds terrifying and scary and angry Okay, thank you for that Tommy I'm going to turn to Tony and ask a few questions of him if that's okay um, Tony, a couple of times Tommy mentioned children um, tell me a bit about them well, we have an eight-year-old and a ten-year-old, and, and I'm just obviously I'm in the same room. I'm listening to what she says, and she's in, in many ways what she says is absolutely spot on. I am not and have not been a good husband. I've been a better husband to sports and, and, and to golf. I've been travelling all around the world, and I've been caught up with that, really. And when we get home, uh, I have a pretty good life from outside, people see me getting on a plane or going to get a plane first thing on a Monday. I don't get back and, uh, 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 until probably the following Sunday evening. I get one night at home, I'm on another plane, going to another golf tournament. And uh, Tommy's doing, looking after the kids and everything else. And I think it came to a head recently when, with more and more arguments about why are you away all the time? Can't you take a holiday? And I've become a little bit of a workaholic. But at the same time, we're just not getting on. What I didn't want, and I think she said it about the mentoring situation, I didn't want a horror story at the end of all this. You know, there's been some good things about this. Before I got the contract on golf a few years ago, there were some great things, but I ain't giving golf up. Okay, thank you for that, Tony. Can I return to children again? Because you both mentioned them, so clearly these kids are very important to you. Tony, what do you see the arrangements for the kids being when you're no longer in the same house and I appreciate you're away quite a lot anyway but have you given any thought to how they'll spend time with you and contact you? One of the difficulties with me being away all the time is that it's finding time to put aside for it and I do appreciate even though we're not getting on and perhaps there's too much water under the bridge now of arguments etc I am going to have to reconstruct my life at one stage we thought we talked over it we thought if I could reconstruct it and perhaps take one weekend off every two months or something like that and spend more time at home, it might work. But 
that's not really I've tried and it's not happened but what I will have to do and maybe it'll wake me up to the reality of, of the children I am now going to have to plan a different lifestyle whereby I do take some time off to see the children I would really like to see the children uh, I've read a little book about things like joint custody and stuff like that I don't think that's that that's relevant I'm not here often enough but I don't I don't think she's not I don't think she's going to argue that as long as I you know, front up and, and pick up and, and, and take a week here and there or a weekend here and there. I don't think that's a problem. And that's, again, we thought, you know, maybe we could, rather than an argument, somebody could lay that down and we thought that mentioning might do it. Well, thank you for that insight, Tony. In fact, I've got something, Tommy and Tony, that could help both of you. I've got a document called a parenting plan. It's produced and approved by a branch of government that's concerned with childcare. And it isn't one size fits all, but it's very adaptable. And it can have things relating to your family and with it there are some age specific materials for eight and ten year olds that help them come to terms with the changes in their family so Tammy would it be okay if I emailed you a copy of that after we've met as a kind of thing to work on together yeah that sounds good I can I can have a read and have a think about you know the parts that are important for me and for the kids and hopefully you can help us figure out a place to agree Uh, and Tony obviously you've given some thought to arrangements for children but the purpose of sending you a plan is to kind of crystallize those thoughts so you could put down what a year or a month in their lives might look like with you would it would, would you be interested in completing that as, as a starting point on the children's new life i think anything that's constructive that we do rather than you know in the one night i'm, I'm home at the moment spend it arguing about why i'm only home at one night and why the kids aren't seeing me and why I didn't turn up for the school play I promised I'd be at. Anything beyond that would be a would be a step forward. Okay, I'll send that out to both of you. And if at the end of this we decide to meet again, perhaps you could bring it along and then I could help bounce some ideas around and see if we can get some agreement on it and work on any things that you're stuck on. Does that sound okay? That sounds fine, but I think there were more or less of one mind that, A, yes, we are of one mind, we are going to part. Number two, something needs to be done better for the lives of the children as far as my activity is concerned. Um, that, that all sounds very constructive. I think where we're going to have a, a lot more difficulty is, is, is the subject of, of finance, money, uh, and, and the house, which is in my name. Uh, I don't want to see them in any way destitute. I think you you might find that we're more argumentative when it comes to that. And that's the point where you're going to have to wait for a moment or two because we're going to take a break. Things have gone pretty easy so far in the mentoring. For David Wynette, it's going to get tougher. Legal Eagles on Mansfield 103.2 with Hopkins Solicitors. See us online at hopkins-solicitors.co.uk or call 468-468. So our fictional story in Legal Eagles takes us a little bit further. If you've just joined us, where have you been? Oh, if you like, in a way, that's what Tammy's been saying. Where have you been and where are you going? I've been out watching golf, supporting golf, reporting golf. Uh, I'm away every week. I get one night at home. I'm all over the world having a jet-set lifestyle. She's at home. She's looked after her eight- and ten-year-old. She's fed up of it, and we argue. And what we're saying is that the marriage may well be over, and we accept that, but we feel pretty good about looking after the kids. And David Wynette offered us a way of looking further at doing that because he's mediating. He is a lawyer, and he is mediating. 
But there is a, a point that I mentioned just before the break where we're not happy and it's not working out too well. It's the house who owns it, who shares it, and financial-wise, any savings, maintenance, etc. Those points are probably not going to be anywhere near equally agreed. So is mentoring going to work? Tony and Tammy, I think you've both said independently that you think the marriage is at an end. So, Tammy, if I could come to you. Have you had legal advice on divorce? It's a big word, but have you given any thought to are you going to start one? Is Tony going to start one? What those papers might say? From my side, no. I, have, I haven't done any research. I haven't spoken to anybody. I don't even know where to start with all of this. It, it all sounds quite confusing, or, or maybe it's very simple, but I guess obviously I'm looking for the best outcome for myself um, because I'm doing exactly what I promised when we came into this marriage, and, and he's the one who's kind of left, left the family for his job. Okay. Well, I'm not allowed to give either of you legal advice, but I can give you this information. If you want a deal as to your finances and you want that deal to have legal force, it must be approved by a divorce judge. So somebody needs to give thought to starting a divorce if your aim is to get a court order that says who gets what. But I'll leave that as homework and you can go to your own legal advisors to get some guidance or government websites aren't too bad on the mechanics of doing a divorce but you need to think about that process though divorce is a dirty word because without one you can't get legal bite to any deal that you do and if you're going to do a deal you want to know it's going to happen i went to a family law center and they said uh, you don't you know i haven't worked which I'm sure she'd be the first to say. I've, we've never had any physical violence between the two of us or anything like that. It's, I think, isn't there a, a ground there of unreasonable behaviour? And I, I would accept that I have been unreasonable in the fact that I have not given enough consideration for her running the family and the kids because I got so swept away. All right, the family needs to have money, and I've earned decent money by doing what I've done. But I do accept that if, if, if a divorce is required, and we've discussed this as well, that... We can't see us staying together, whether it be divorced or we're just separated. We can't see us staying together. So for my mind, you know, we're not going to go back together as such. Divorce might as well be the case, but I don't, I don't think she wants to be. And I wouldn't want to, to have her dragging it through a court and appearing before judges and all that sort of thing. I think that's, that's the last thing I'd want to have to do. And I don't want to be there. People, Somebody saying to me, you did this or you did that. Well, I think, Tony, you made quite a, a constructive suggestion. You actually said you recognise you'd done some things that you were sorry about. Maybe if Tammy petitioned for divorce, she could say those things, but just the things that you were happy for her to say. So it could be Tammy's petition, but you choose the words to say about yourself, and there's no question of anyone else making any findings or making any accusations. In other words, Tammy's paperwork but you contribute to it so you know what, exactly what's going in it. Would it be sufficient that I, I was away all the time and I chose a way of life which was different? Would that be sufficient for unreasonable behaviour? Behaviour divorces are based on everything you can imagine. You get domestic violence and alcoholism at the top end down through different attitudes to sex, different attitudes to hygiene, politics, going out, mixing with the relatives. So absolutely, the, what, what you've described to us, it made the marriage not work for you. And if that's what Tammy's petition says, the marriage is over because it happened like this, that would be quite enough for your divorce to proceed. And would that open the door to what you said before, that we could agree a financial settlement? Yes, most people do. And I say this to both of you, and 
and, and thank you again for allowing me to mediate most people agree their own outcome because if you go to court you don't quite know what's going to happen so it is better that you control the outcome it's better that you don't spend a fortune getting there and it's better that you don't slug it out so that you end up hating one another because you've got children and you might have property to dispose of so you've got an ongoing relationship and if sorry if that sounds preachy but keep that in focus it's not about scoring points it's about what next for both of you tammy um tony mentioned house this is the place you're living in yeah yeah it's the place that we we bought together when we first got married and and obviously the children have been born and raised there and it's home for me i mean i left i left my high-powered career full-time job to have the family that that we wanted together at the time and and i've only worked part-time since but i can't afford to run the house on my own but i think i'm the one that spends the majority and the children spend the majority of their time there i think i should have the right to stay Thank you for that, Tammy. That's very helpful. I suppose with any family home, there are generally um, three positions. The husband lives in it after divorce, the wife lives in it after divorce, or it's sold to someone else and you move on and each get a new property. Tammy, what are your thoughts? Do you want to explore staying in that one? Or is it too expensive? Are there too many bad memories that mean you want to go somewhere else? Um, no, I think it's best for the children if we stay exactly where we are. They're they're eight, eight and ten. They're they're in young school. They're they've got their friends around. The the family is local. I wouldn't want to uproot the children, um, and that, and that's the home they're comfortable in. There's already going to be enough change going on. Tell me, this is probably a point where I recommend that you get some additional outside advice. And what I'm suggesting is an independent mortgage advisor, because you might want to get some insight on what deals there are out there that might enable you to take over the mortgage, whether that be with somebody else as a signatory or a guarantor, whether it be for a smaller sum because you've paid some of it off, to explore your options. Because it's good to have a plan, I'd like to stay here, but obviously money makes the world go round. And if you can get information on your borrowing capacity and in all kinds of circumstances, that'd be useful. Think about can you increase your earnings, will you get any support from Tony, and all that will inform the borrowing capacity decision. So if I leave that as a bit of homework for you. Okay. Tony, you've heard Tammy's thoughts. She thinks, do you like to explore staying at the family home? Is there any way you can see that happening? Or are there any terms that you'd want for yourself if that did happen? In an ideal world, I think it would be excellent for her to stay there, but I've already said to you, uh, that you know, I'm going to have to alter my life pattern. I'm not going to be able to work. I'm I'm a freelance sports journalist, so I I get paid for what I do. You know, if I turn down a week's work in order that I can see the kids or take them on holiday or not be able to work that weekend because covering sport takes up weekends, it's going to be difficult for me because I'm going to be earning less. Uh, I'm going to have to find somewhere else to to live while I'm back in back in England. My idea: the house is in my name. My idea was that the, the house would be put up for sale. We looked at what we got from the equity. There is, a, a, we do live in a decent area. There are semi-detached houses in, in that area, in, in a very good area. And there would only be the three of them in, in the property rather than, than four, even though, to be fair, there's three of them only in the property most of the time at the moment. In an ideal world, I, I would almost want her to have that, but my world will not be ideal when this as a divorce or separation or whatever goes through okay thank you thank you for that tony i think i understand your position quite well now i'm going to give you both a bit more homework 
You may have heard through lawyers or otherwise this word disclosure, and that means you both describe your financial position, what you earn, what you spend, what you've got and what you owe, and then that's verified in terms of statements and valuations and the like, and we do disclosure on a form. So I'm going to send you each this form on email to complete before we meet next time, and you have to bring your bank statements and evaluations, etc. And Tony, could I add a bit of homework to your disclosure too, which is you mentioned alternative properties for you and Tammy, maybe bring some sales particulars and illustrations of what life would look like. And then if, if Tammy's getting an illustration of her mortgage capacity at the family home, we can look at all that and see what appears to be more feasible. It might be that an answer jumps out of you as the best of this bad situation. Because again, I have to stress, I'm delighted to be helping you, but what you are doing is making the best of a bad situation. We're fresh out of magic wands, but with a bit of goodwill and a bit of compromise, I think you'll survive. How long is this going to take altogether? I mean, we don't want it to drag. We've had enough arguments. Well, typically, three to five sessions is normal. But if you wanted and were able to wrap it up sooner, absolutely. If your situation meant you needed more meetings, absolutely. The difference between here and court is you are tailoring the process to your demands. In court, you get told, file this, turn up here, this is the deadline. You two set the agenda, I'm your facilitator. What if we just can't agree with all your help that you've given, and I'm grateful for the advice you've given today. It's not so much advice, but explaining the situation today. But what if we just can't agree? We're not stuck with you, are we? Neither of us, if she wanted to take me to court, she still could, couldn't Yes, this is a voluntary process. Um, therefore, if one of you says mediation is over, I'll issue you with a certificate. And with that certificate, you can go to court. Because remember that, you can't apply to have a court sort out your family situation until you've tried mediation. So are you forced into mediation nowadays? You're forced, with exceptions, into trying it. Certificate. You have to have a certificate to say you've been mediated? Yeah, it, the exceptions might be you live miles apart or there's a real danger to one party or a child. We know this isn't the situation with you. You're still under the same roof and you're still on reasonable terms. But for some people, mediation isn't suitable. So we, we certify that at the outset. OK, we're going to sum all this up. How do you feel at the moment if you're listening at home? Do you think we've been reasonable? Well, because we're, I think either of us probably aren't really sure where this is all going to end up. But at least we're not interrupting each other. At least we're listening. And at least I think the majority of people would at least try that word at least. At least try the mediation route. More to sum this up from David Winnett. And I'll get a view also from Tammy how she felt it went if she'd been really in that position. Remember, this was fictional, and if my wife's listening, this isn't a reality check. Legal Eagles on Mansfield 103.2 with Hopkins Solicitors. See us online at hopkins-solicitors.co.uk or call 468-468. Listening to Legal Eagles, David Winnett in the studio, who's listening rather coyly to see what, uh, what the two fictional... Uh, Actors, actresses, actor, actresses, actors. Uh, that was uh, Tammy Butler and uh, and myself, uh, Tani Delahanty. What what we thought of it? Uh, I, I I didn't find it unpleasant. Tammy, what, how did you find it? it? Surprisingly, what I had mapped out in my head that we were going to be arguing about. Uh, which was my intention there, actually, to be a bit more argumentative. I found that That's because you don't of... like me. <laughs> yes, 
you're never around. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think the way David posed the question, the way he kept us on target of what the outcome and the goal was, um, actually made me forget about the emotions and just think about the facts and, and what I want the outcome to be. So it actually kept it quite calm and kept my head exactly where it needed to be. Did you get a feeling that I got at times that we were almost working together towards a result? He was sort of not bonding us to, to, to stay together, mm. but bonding us into a, a focused line of thought that out of this, at the end of it all, there might be something, all right, unpleasant, the fact that we're parting, it's a relationship that in the end hasn't worked, but might be able to be something there where at least there'd be a decent relationship afterwards. Yeah, I think so. And, and again, I think if you didn't have the mediation, I think that would have been you and me sat in a room uh, and slinging Again. Back and slinging back and forth about, well, you owe me this because you put me through that. And instead of it being about compensation for the hard times recently, then instead it was just about how do we get to the final resolution so that, that well, in this case, the children are at the center of the world and they have the least amount of impact. Tammy Butler of Hopkins Listers, perhaps more for her in, in, in final words in just a moment. David Winnett, how realistic was that uh, I thought we were relatively civilized in answering you. Is is that was it anything like what really happens? It's like some situations I've come across where you two differ is that sometimes one or both people have a bee in their bonnet about something that's hurting and they need to get it out there. And that can feel very uncomfortable. Um a useful technique if it's going that way is to say to that person, What one thing could you do to make the situation better? And that often stops them in their tracks because there's this realisation you can't make your other half do anything. You have to negotiate. So looking to yourself and saying, what one thing could I do better is really quite powerful. But yeah, I suppose that the difference was you weren't venting. There wasn't 20 years of resentment spilling out, which sometimes happens. Really? Yes. Are there times when you've got to go, whoa, no, no, this is not going to work? There are times where it, it is obvious that probably... They're either going to court because that is their nature or at least they need counselling or therapeutic help before they can mediate. And that's not meant to be critical. They're damaged and we aren't counsellors. So if you get counselling help and fix your head, often you can return and negotiate constructively. Now, it's not going to happen with Tammy and me. It could never have happened after all the <laughs> nagging she's done. But uh, are there times when the, you do the mentoring thing and then suddenly you get a phone call and they say, well, they've thought it through and they've decided they're going to stay together. Have you ever had that? I've had it once in a collaborative case and the wife phoned me up and thanked me and these were the words she used. She said, had you not got us talking in the way that you did, we never would have considered getting back together. The, in your room was the first conversation we actually had in years and I, I smiled and said well that is a happy ending I, I, I didn't define a result in terms of a legal order they didn't need a legal order so yes th that did work and I also dealt with a couple at a final hearing who'd started courting again very long story but they wanted the security of a settlement to rebuild trust but yeah they got back together wow that is, that's a good feeling I mean lawyers you make your money of people getting divorced and, and that sort of thing. It must be a strange feeling when it goes the other way. Yeah, well, we want a good outcome because those people are going to report that we help them get a good outcome. So if you're to talk the business side, it's good marketing to create good outcomes. I'm going to leave you with, with a, a word for, from Tammy because uh, an awful lot of uh, people out there, a lot of women out there, uh, you know, 
I'm not going to be sexist in any way. Are very nervous when they, the uh, men are too, when they go to see solicitors. But a lot of women, you know, uh, go there. Uh, this is another nervousness again. I mean, how terrified are people that you know from working inside a legal practice mm. of the legal system in any event? And how much help is it more to be able to go and see some chap like him? who appears to be the next best friend when he's asking you questions. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a very big difference between, you know, you, you can hire the, the hardcore uh, lawyer that jumps in and is, is there to, you know, fight your corner and get you everything you can. And you hear about those and you hear those stories from your, your, your girlfriends and your lady friends who, who tell you how expensive it was and how painful and horrible it was. Um, but then you have people who come to a family solicitor like David, like the others that we have in our firm, who their goal is, yeah, to just have a happy outcome in the end and to see the family be able to get along afterwards and get on with their lives. And that and that's the, their passion. That's why they do what they do. And it's such a relief from my perspective, being able to walk into an office like that and feel like they're more of a friend and feeling comfortable and, and they get me a cup of tea and a, and a biscuit and let me just vent for a moment and relax. Oh, that sounds so much better than just angry yelling and screaming in a courtroom. So, according to Tammy, David Winnett of Hopkins Solicitors, in danger of making solicitors sound kind. <laughs> <laughs> David, an absolute pleasure to have you on Mansfield 103.2. May you be nice successful. to be back, thank you. May you be successful in making uh, an awful lot of people go through what can be a, a, a really awful, life-changing process a little bit more easily. The producer of the programme, selector of the actors, actresses and everything else was uh, Craig Priest. And my name is Tony Delahunty. I would say I'm happily married, unless David Gwinnett knows better. She's not made an appointment, has she? Good night. Legal Eagles on Mansfield 103.2 with Hopkins Solicitors. See us online at hopkins-solicitors.co.uk or call 468 468.